2: This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast
0: with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson.
2: Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 215. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch
1: Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I am was just telling you off air that I want my office done uh, by the start of the season, which is t- like two and a half weeks away. Oh boy. Um, and it is not anywhere near. I still got to muck the wall. So that's like putting the compound on the drywall paint. The floor still needs to be put in. And th- these are all things that I have to do. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to, and then I, I have this feature wall idea that I want to do with all my aisle stuff in the oh. background that I still have to do. And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm running out of time here, bud.
2: You're, you're going to be busy the next couple of weeks. It sounds like absolutely what's going on with you uh, I am very excited to uh, be going to Houston for a couple of days this weekend I'm leaving tomorrow night and uh, seeing a show down in Texas on Saturday um, my cousin got married in uh, Texas that she moved down there uh, like 15 years ago and got married maybe 12 years ago and I, I loved it I fell in love and I was like I want to go I want to go back and I finally had the opportunity to I was telling you I think one of the last times we recorded, uh, I was going to for my college graduation. Uh, and then it was, that's when they got hit with the hurricane down there in Houston. And then just work's been crazy. And finally just able to go have some time. So
1: doing that. Good on you. Get there while you can't, well, I guess it's not going anywhere. Uh, but yeah, get in there, Texas. It is fun. I've been to Texas as well. Loved it. It's a good time. Good people. So, uh, the food is Oof, outstanding yep. give loved me, it give me some Tex-Mex in my mm. stomach all weekend I can't wait <laughs> good stuff uh, but Matt are you ready for an out of this world experience I hope so look no further than the <laughs> performance package 4.0 boom bringing manscaped into mm. this from manscaped of course uh, that has just taken off not only in the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. That's a lot of places. It's not everywhere, but that, that's a lot. Even then, Europe is quite a few places. Inside this Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0, which is, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which I'm kind of jealous I don't have. The one Spirit. I have is, uh, it's very much discount brand, if you will.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, this is. Let me tell you, it's a high quality
1: trimmer. I love it. Beautiful. You get the crop preserver ball deodorant. Honestly, that is a constant. That is, maybe not constant, but at least a weekly application here for me. Love it. I, I would do it more, but I, I'm running out, so I'm trying to conserve <laughs> scrape the, <bottom> of the <laughs> bottle. <laughs> yep. Love it. Uh, the crop reviver toner. That's good. Uh, every once a month type of thing. You get the performance boxer briefs. I'm not a boxer guy, but I like wearing these to go to sleep in. And you get the travel bag, which is honestly outstanding. The travel bag is great. I'm so you get it. your lawnmower performance package 4.0 using fanside code. Sorry, code fanside at 20 for 20% off and free shipping.
2: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say when I was packing before, I use I literally use that bag to pack all my toiletries for the trip. Yeah, say that's my permanent toiletries bag now. I love it. So yeah, definitely get in on it. We're, we endorse wholeheartedly. So let's get into the episode today, Mitch. We're going to focus heavy on training camp and the two preseason games that we saw so far. Uh, and I think what we should do is go through positives, negatives, and just, you know, storylines, break it down,
1: chop it up from, what has it been, a, about a week now that they've been there? That's right. It's been about a week now. So, and I think by the time you're listening to this, there might be some cuts in order, uh, and, and maybe not, but there will be cuts. I would imagine by the weekend game, so that's the Saturday game in Bridgeport. P.S. Get your tickets, um, go see the the, the boys play in Bridgeport. But there there will be some cuts, and I don't think it's going to be anyone shocking, really. You know, if Atoratu gets cut, you're, you, no one should be like, oh, what? I had no idea this was coming. No, this is <laughs> it's coming, guys.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about some of the positives. So. Uh, we'll start there. Let's start with the good. What's something that jumps out to you from training camp so far?
1: I want to save a little bit of the the, the prospect stuff for a little bit later. It doesn't mean that yep. we can't talk about it, but I'm going to divert that. And maybe if you want to, you can go into that. Um, I want to talk about Ilya Sorokin, who only faced like, what was it, 11 shots or something like that. It, it wasn't a whole lot of work that he that he faced, but he made it look easy and routine out there against the Rangers, just tracking pucks um like it, he had a gps on it it's just absolutely ridiculous stuff seeing things through traffic the angles were right he was dialed in and ready and, and knowing that simon varlamov is still hurt and probably will miss the start of the season uh, although it's still up in the air this is fantastic news for the islanders
2: yeah exactly uh ilia sorokin's gonna have a little bit of an opportunity here obviously we want Simeon varlamov back and healthy as soon as possible but the luxury of having someone as good and I'm going to use the word backup with air quotes here, having a backup like Ilya Sorokin makes you feel pretty comfortable. Cause I mean, he was phenomenal last year for the Islanders and the playoffs stepped up and was really big. And he looked every bit, the part of, you know what he signed that extension or, you know, that contract in, in the off season, he got a nice chunk of change from Lou what? $12 million in three years. That's so, right. So You know, that, that's, there's some expectations with that money. And I know it's one game and it's a preseason game, but it's just good to see that, you know, locked in, ready to go from day one. Uh, The one play that really stood out to me was there was a pretty good opportunity for the Rangers, um, I, I believe, on a shorthanded chance. And he made a really nice reactionary save. And I was like, oh, Ilya's back. I love it.
1: Yeah, and like Kreider didn't give it his all, but seal I think it's because Sorokin had him covered. He just followed and tracked Kreider the whole way, and Kreider's like, "Well, I don't really care that much. It's the off season, but like, or preseason, I should say." But Sorokin's like, "Nyet! This is—I don't care if it's preseason, buddy. I am stopping you no matter what, and I'm giving you nothing to look at." Uh, that was one hell of a play by him. Again, not anything crazy because Kreider kind of gave up on the play. I feel like. But he only gave up on the play because Sorokin just kind of took everything out of it. He took the wind out of his sails.
2: Right, exactly. It wasn't, he gave up because Sorokin gave him nothing to work with.
1: Exactly. Uh, And on that, like, and by that, I mean the backup being Ilya Sorokin. Did you see the article from ESPN saying that the Islanders were the top-ranked tandem in the league? Uh,
2: I did, and I like the sound of that. It has a nice ring to it. Does that actually surprise you at all? Uh, who? Uh, well,
1: who else would you say that would have a shot? Right. That's the question. And even then, you look at last year's stats—the best goaltending or save percentage in the league was the Islanders at like nine twenty. This is the best one. So there's a lot of reaction going like, "What? The Islanders? Oh, what? Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, the the numbers back it up." It's easy to back up. The Islanders have the best tandem in the league, and we're going to get to put that to the test now that Simon Varlamov is going to miss a bit and Sorokin going to have a little run out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is good for, for Sorokin here to, to show that, hey, I can handle a starting role if need be because, you know, sooner rather than later, they're going to get into that transition. You know, Varlamov, as good as he is, He's not the long-term answer here at this point in his career. He's a good, you know, stopgap guy, was phenomenal for the Islanders last year, should have got more Vesna love than what he did, in my opinion, but um, it's just, uh, eventually this is Sorokin's team, so it's going to be awesome to see him, you know, get that opportunity to play on a regular basis to start.
1: Can't wait to see it. Uh, so far, he's running with it. I'll, I'll, I shouldn't say that. It's one game and not even right. one game. It's a half a game. <laughs> half. But looks really good. Uh, obviously, grain of salt. It's one preseason game against, yes, half the team on, on the Rangers were, you know, not their regulars. But still, he looked really good doing so.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The The first one that jumped out to me, and I'm going to use that first preseason game also. Uh, and it's one play on the, the Brock Nelson goal but Josh Bailey and Brock Nelson picking up from where they left off last year uh, is going to be huge for this team. Uh, just the, the play panic was with them that night as the other winger. Uh, he carried the puck in, dished it over to uh, Bailey who just put a perfect feed for, for Nelson. It's like they've spent so much time together. They just know where the other one's going to be on the ice. That's what you start to get with, you know, Sezikis Martin and Clutterbuck cause they've been together for so long, but uh, you're starting to see that now with you know, the the Nelson line, which is big because, Mitch, uh, they're not technically the Islanders' top line even last year, but they were the Islanders' best line for the
1: majority of last year after Anders Lee went down. 100%. They've been the Islanders' most consistent line since Barry Trotz showed up, right? That line of Anthony Bovilli, Brock Nelson, and Josh Bailey have been relied on for a lot of things, and they, they've performed throughout, so to have them be clutched like this, and I'm going to go even through game two, even though Brock and Bailey didn't play, Anthony Bovilli did, and absolutely dominated the game. So you put those three together going, all right, these three guys are where they were last year. They haven't lost a beat, and that's that's got to be music to all of our ears because, like you said, when that top line wasn't working because Anders Lee wasn't there and Leo Komarov was up there, these guys picked up the slack. And it's not that they're... The top line, like you mentioned, they are the second line, but that's because they're playing a lot more defensive hockey than they are offensive hockey, and they still excel offensively. That's how good these guys are in this system and how necessary they are to the, the, the what the Islanders do going forward. They need this line to be working, and so far, so good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at the Islanders' trajectory for you know what they're trying to do this year... I feel like everyone, it's very obvious to see what everyone's role is going to be, and it seems like everyone is in a role that they should be able to handle, at least with a forward group. Maybe you want to say, like, left-hand defense might still be uh, a question mark with, uh, you know, Chara going to be asked to probably play second pair of minutes. minutes, uh, which I eventually want to talk about uh, Chara and who he's been paired with, so we should put a pin in that. But uh, just talking about... Uh, <laughs> overall where the the Islanders are in, in terms of, um, you know, just having everyone like, this is your role, do this job and do it well. I feel like they're set up really well for that this year. And, and you know, the, the second line is a huge part of that.
1: 100%. Like the, the, that's, I think you hit the nail on the head there with everyone's got a role and they're being taught how to play it. And that's why you see such a small training camp compared to other teams. And why they didn't have a rookie camp. They saw the guys they wanted to see. And they're going to let guys like Russell Ishakov or Ishikov, uh, Williams, Full, and so on and so forth, do their thing in their league. We don't need to take you away from whatever camp or regular season that's, that's going on in your various leagues. You're, we're not ready to get you in anyway. So it doesn't matter. But we will test out all these other guys. So it's nice to see. Although not everyone at camp has had a run out. I haven't seen Colin Adams yet but I know he's there. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, But what, what I'm really trying to get at here is exactly what you said. Everyone's got a role and they're being trained to do that. And they're not wasting time, but like, well, let's see if Colin Adams can take this spot. No, we know third line center is going to be Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. We know third line left wing is Zach Parise. So now it's figuring out all the outside, the the margins. And and that's where you try and tinker and figure it out. And you've got time to do that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, Uh, that's exactly what the preseason's for is those, those tinkerings. And it's for the fringe roster players to see, okay, of the fringe, who is going to make the cut as the, you know, seventh defenseman, 13th forward, all that kind of stuff. So, um, you want to get to the, the char and Dobson one a little bit. I think I'd like to get into that a little, do
1: it. What what do you got there?
2: I love the idea of that pair. I, I really do. Uh, and I was worried when they first made the, or they first announced the, the signing, um, People still had Green and Dobson together, and I'm not going to lie, that was a little underwhelming to me. Uh, I'm, I think Chara's ceiling, even though he's older than Andy Green, who Andy Green's 38 and Chara's, what, 44? <laughs> yeah. So, um, to me, Chara is the perfect like, I'm going to put my arm around you and just show you the ropes kind of guy. He, he did it with Charlie McAvoy. He, he's done it numerous times throughout his, you know, long and successful career. And it's nothing against Green, but I, I just think it makes too much sense. And I'm so happy that throughout training camp, the two of them have seemed pretty much inseparable.
1: Right. Well, when it comes to the Green or Chara pairing or as a partner, it really made no sense to me to put Green back with, with Dobson. And again, it's like you said, it's no disrespect to Green. He's a perfectly good partner for Noah Dobson. We've seen it in the past. But he's been with Noah Dobson for, what, a year and a quarter, a year and a half, let's say. Uh, sometimes you need a different voice. And at this point, you need a different voice. It's And again, it's not to say that Green hasn't been good. It's that he's taught him all he can. Right? After a year and a half, what else can I teach you, bud? I've been yelling at you to do this one thing for a year and a half. If you're not getting it, I'm either telling you to you wrong or you're just not going to listen anyways. So just like coaching, sometimes you just need a different voice in the room. And then you bring in Zdeno Chara as that different voice. I don't know. Like, there's no reason not to pair him with him. There's no reason. Why would you not? Exactly. And when
2: you think of like, okay, we were talking all along with the Islanders need a puck moving left handed defenseman for the second pair. And the assumption was that they would play with Scott Mayfield on that second pair. Right. But yeah. now it could be Noah Dobson as the puck mover and Zdeno Chara as the more, you know, stay at home guy. And I'm okay with giving Noah Dobson a bigger role. And I know you feel that same way.
1: Absolutely. And the stats aren't necess- necessarily there to back up the fact that Noah Dobson is a puck mover at the NHL level, but we're dealing with descriptive stats rather than predictive stats. So, And this isn't an anti-analytics thing. I'm very pro-analytics. But the, 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 the data that is there doesn't say, like, this player is really good at moving the puck or could be really good at moving the puck if he's given the opportunity. It's more of, given the opportunity, this guy has been good with it. Noah Dobson has not yet been given the opportunity to do so. Like you say, this will be the year. We were looking for a left-handed puck mover, not knowing we got our right-handed puck mover instead.
2: Exactly. So it's just gonna change a little bit. You know, last year it was Letty and Letty's a good puck mover. He he is gonna be missed and it's a big ask for uh Noah Dobson to step into that role, but I, I I think he's ready. I mean, at this point he had the training wheels on the first year a lot. They 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 maybe did the thing where you ever see where like just one of the training wheels is on for the kid trying to learn how to ride Never. the bike. Okay.
1: That's a thing?
2: Yeah, apparently people do that. I, I didn't that was not A me thing but I've seen that so like I feel like you know that's one foot in one foot out which is kind of where they were last year and now I think they're ready to you know take the second training wheel off
1: and just let go of the back of the seat and let the kid ride yeah he's not going to be Nick Letty 2.0 there's no one else really out there his skating is not as good as Nick Letty's but you don't need this guy to be the smoothest skater possible out there or the speediest skater either you just need a guy who knows how to lug the puck going forward he needs to know how to skate he knows how to do that. He's yep. not, you know, got cinder blocks for feet. So that's a bonus. Uh, he can skate. He can see the ice. He can find openings. That's what you need. And that's what he's got. Given the opportunity, I think Noah Dobson could be a really good puck mover. And then you got Zidane Chara telling him, like, this is how you do it. This is when you – not how you do it, sorry. When you should go and when you shouldn't. And that that's exactly what was missing for Noah Dobson's tool shed. Or tool shed? toolbox. There we go.
2: And – that's the thing too. Um, I I feel more confident in Zdeno Chara picking up the pieces than I do Andy Green. Like if Noah Dobson pinches in, in in a bad spot, I am more confident in Zdeno Chara clean. Like like I said, cleaning up the mess a little bit. Where I think last year when there were those young you know young rookie mistakes, I don't think
1: Green was phenomenal at cleaning up the mess. True. I I will add this, and it's not me disagreeing. It's me just trying to add an extra little layer to that. The only problem I have with Zidano Chara being the cleanup crew necessarily is that he's lost a few steps and even just lost a step from last year. So if Noah goes too far out, Chara's going to have to be able to recover, and I don't know if he's got the legs to do it necessarily. So Noah Dobson can't be that risky just yet, I don't think.
2: That's fair I, I my counter to that would be the the reach comparatively for for fair for, for, uh, for <laughs> like when we're just taking with with green and and char but yes in a perfect world you have someone who moves a little bit better than either Chara or green but if I'm picking between those two, I'd rather be Chara was the point
1: char's reach is another two strides <laughs> for green or, or someone like you or I right well,
2: it's like 50 strides for us come on. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. yeah, that's right. I'm nowhere near as good as skating a skater as Andy Green is, that's for sure. No, no sh-
2: no me, me either. No shot.
1: So <laughs> that that's good. And he's not only just teaching Noah Dobson, right? Like from what I've been told, he had his arm around Mitchell Vanessample at the Tuesday scrimmage throughout the entire game. So that's huge. And I'm sure he's doing that to other players. Probably speaking to Samuel Balzik, got a word or two for Robin Salo. uh other players, Parker Spoon, I'm sure. Like it just a uh, full-on defensive clinic going on with Zdeno Achara stepping into the locker room. And that's that's one of the benefits of adding veterans is that they have something to teach to not only the guys currently there, but the guys coming up as well.
2: Yeah, no, it, without a doubt. And, you know, that, that and somebody else who I don't want to just steer, be the only one steering this, but um, with... Zach Parise, mm-hmm. I think he's someone who could do that for uh, Oliver Wallstrom. And the fact that Parise had himself a really good uh, scrimmage the other day, I think, is a uh,
1: another promising sign. Apparently, he was dominant, and, and I'm saying that for someone who was there, he was absolutely dominant. He dominated that scrimmage against guys like Barzal, guys like Lee. Although Lee's, you know, still not Working. rehabbing, but you know, taking it a little bit slower than usual. He was absolutely... He and Jean-Gabriel Peugeot ran the show. It was ridiculous. Um, the, the sky's the sky's the limits for Zach Barise this year. And you're right. Having someone like Oliver Wallstrom on his wing is going to be monumental to Oliver Wallstrom's development. It might be the reason he doesn't have a sophomore slump.
2: Yeah, very well could. And like I see the side of... Wanting to put him up top with Barzal and Lee, like because the, the potential is there for Oliver Wallstrom. I mean, he was on, what, a 22-goal pace last year, playing 12 minutes a night, like some, like no ice time whatsoever. But almost sheltering him a little bit and, and have him against weaker competition with two really, really good forwards in JG Paggio and Zach Parise could be huge for his development long
1: term. 100% right like yes again like you say and you're so right in saying this that he's not going to play people wanted him to play on the top line and he's not going to necessarily get that opportunity right out of the gate he might get a few laps with Barzell and Lee but it's not going to be his his set position excuse me when the lineup cards are written you know he might he being buried might pencil him in here and there but it's not going to be a default setting and that's perfectly fine he needs another year sophomore slumps are a thing why do we want to throw this guy to the wolves because he put up on pace 23 goals I get it we want a sniper but like Barry Trotz says this is a confidence game don't throw this guy out there on the top line and then like hope you do well buddy no let's bring him up slow if there's anything they've shown you is that if you bring kids up not slow like a snail's pace but at the proper rate you get a proper return
2: no, exactly, and you don't want to put him in over his head. And I'm not saying that he can't handle playing up top, but when it's between, you know, Palmieri, who's had the opportunity and, you know, done pretty well in his career, or you can say, all right, we have this kid with a sky-high potential, but we can put him with Zach and JG and continue to develop his game, like, it almost makes too much sense, right?
1: It's a no-brainer. It, it really is. And then let's throw him out with Barzal and Lee every now and again. Why not? Like, you have nothing to lose here.
2: And he's going to get power play time. It's not like he's not going to, you know, get it, you know, his opportunities there too.
1: Exactly. Really. It, it, I understand people wanting Oliver Walstrom at the top line because you go, Matthew Barzell is a top-end, elite-level playmaker, and you have maybe not top-end, elite-level, but at least 30-goal potential sniper in Oliver Wallstrom. It just makes a total sense to put him together. And yes, you're right – but like, let's wait a year. Let's wait a year. There's no, there's no reason to rush it right now. Yeah.
2: I, I'm, I agree. I think we're in lockstep there. So I wanted to bring him up in the conversation. When we were talking about veterans too. Is there anything else that sticks out to you on the positive side before we get to negatives?
1: The last positive I want to bring up. And of course we haven't brought up any prospects. We're going to do that in the down on the farm section. Let's reserve that for there. Sure. Uh, the fourth line buddy. Oh yeah. Um, like they, they're missing Matt Martin. And they still didn't miss a beat. Maybe it's because they literally have Matt Martin 2.0 out there and Ross Johnston.
2: Yeah, I mean that that helps. It's it's almost a one-for-one one swap. Uh I, I think that it's it that's slightly disrespectful to Matt Martin. I think Ross is kind of the poor man's version of him, which is fine. No again, and that's not supposed to be disrespectful to Ross either, but If Ross is to get in the lineup, it's for exactly exactly that, filling Matt Martin's shoes. Because we were complaining last year when both of them were in the lineup because they're like, you know, the Spider-Man meme pointing at each other. So, (laughs) um, you know, it's good to see that if anything were to happen with uh, Maddie, and he did have to miss some time in the regular season, that Ross could step in and be okay.
1: Exactly. It really is a one for one, as close to a one for one swap as you can get. And Ross Johnson is doing very well with it. This is the role he's born to play. Uh, and he's doing well with it again. Uh, it's just It just makes a ton of sense. And I'm glad he's getting a run out. Uh, because I do like Ross Johnson as a player, given the right role. I don't like him as a third liner. I, yeah. I, I do not. He's not a third liner. He's certainly not a top line player. But as a fourth line player, hell yeah. 100. Give me Ross Johnson all day, every day on the fourth line. I don't even care if he fights. He has the potential for fighting, and because he wins most of his fights, that he serves a purpose, even if he doesn't actually drop the gloves because the threat is there, and that's good enough. Um, He's just perfect for that role. Absolutely perfect. And if Matty misses some time, it's great that we could just kind of like, all right, well, we'll put Matt Martin 2.0. Oops, we don't miss a beat. Lols to the rest of the NHL.
2: I'm just smiling because, like, freaking lou like <laughs>
1: that's all you can say that it's just lou man he, he knows he's got his stuff only lou latarella can be like oh no i lost my fourth line winger well here's the replacement the exact perfect replacement that i've just kept around for three years you know for this exact opportunity oh no oh well it just continues going on with but, this business but that's how i feel like with a lot of guys uh on this
2: team or a lot of the roles in this team because they have the depth for it even guys like like Panic if Clutterbuck or Parise go down would you be upset if you have to insert let's say Panic for a handful of games to either play on the right side on the fourth line or play you know a couple of games on the third line I think you could survive that yeah
1: so far he looks fine right he looks okay in the system They, they he, he's disruptive he's basically a faster Leo Komarov yeah we'll take that for a lot cheaper as well
2: yeah no exactly so I, I think that stuff matters clearly so uh lou has done it you know done it again building some depth that's good
1: absolutely so should we do the negatives now
2: yeah let's get to the negatives because it's not all sunshine and roses but we, we are i would say for the most part very op- optimistic from what we've seen so far but there are a few things to you know talk about uh that haven't been going so hot what's one that jumps out
1: to you Kiefer bellows Kiefer yeah. bellows man like he says he's he's better defensively, but he's still working on it. Um and I think that's gonna be the case throughout his entire career because that's just the kind of player he is. So and Oliver Wallstrom, same deal. Uh but he hasn't shown the ability to adapt to the system like Oliver Wallstrom has, and he's suffering for it severely.
2: Yeah, I, I almost feel bad in a way, because I I like Bellos. Like I like his game, but I just I agree. I don't know where the fit is right right now for him I, I, I don't unless they have one of those injuries where uh, they lose a piece on the top six and um you know he, he's able to go in and, and serve a purpose like he did early on when Anders Lee went down but I, I don't know I, I would have a hard I almost have a hard time seeing him making this team is that crazy
1: no, I don't, I don't think it's crazy at all. I don't think he makes a team. And, of course, we're only two games into the preseason, so maybe that changes when he gets or if he gets more more time. Like, how many more games do he have in the preseason? For some reason, I don't know that off the top of my head. I'll just bring up the calendar now. I think it's, like, another four games. I, wanna, maybe.
2: I was going to say, I want to say four. I think it's six total, but I could be wrong.
1: That's what I've got in my head, so I'm just going to double-check on the schedule now. One, two, yeah, they've got four more games, two against Jersey, one against Philly, one against the Rangers. The Rangers, okay. Um, and, and that's it for the preseason, and then we're into the regular season. Oh my god, I have to the fourteenth to get in my office ready. <laughs> it's literally two weeks plus a day. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, well, no, no, don't no worry about the panic right now. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not really sure what the plan is for Kiefer Bellows. Barry Trott said last year that there was a place for him for a long term role for him. He's going to play a big role for this team going forward. Uh, but but I don't see it because he's not playing it.
2: No, unless they're just maybe I don't know, uh, ride it out with Zach Parise on the third line for this year, and then give it to Bellows next year. But I don't it, like for for this year. I don't see how. Where where is he cracking this lineup?
1: And that's just it. You signed uh, Zach Parise, and it's GG, G uh, Kiefer Bellows. It's just not getting it in. Um, is he even in a contract year? I believe no. He's just he's in a contract year technically because he hasn't technically signed.
2: Yeah, we don't know what the well. I'm sure he's signed, but we don't know if it's a one or a two year, like what it is.
1: Yeah, exactly. We we know he signed. It's probably just signed the qualifying offer type thing. But um, yeah, it, it's a very strange situation here. But I so I guess technically a contract year. He he really, pardon me, needs to step up and, and show something. I didn't like his game in that first preseason game. He was n- not really committed, uh, just kind of fighting it the entire way. Just really, really not not what you want to see from a prospect who should be on the roster. At, and at worst, fighting for a spot, and he's nowhere near that.
2: Exactly. It's been you know five years since he's been drafted, and if we were going to give you know Michael Dell' Cole the you know the business for where he was in his development five years after he was drafted then you got to do the same for Bellos. and i know Bellos wasn't a top five pick but you know as a first rounder you gotta i mean at least be semi-close to you know making this team and having an impact
1: Yeah, wasn't he 16th overall so that's yeah. top half sorry 19th so i guess maybe not top half
2: uh, but enough. still yeah i mean there were there was expectations there
1: and after especially after his huge junior year when was that three years ago now that was three years ago, right, where he played for the Portland Winterhawks and put up like, uh, was it forty? He forty goals. I think, goal. I think goals. it was forty
2: or forty-one.
1: Forty-one goals in fifty-six games for seventy-four points for the Portland Winterhawks in 17-18, So four years ago. Yeah, that's a long. That's a long freaking time ago, man. <laughs> it's a long time ago. I did have that good year just two years ago in Bridgeport. Right, twenty-two goals, fifty-two games. Uh Ray, remember he got like scratched twice and then just couldn't stop yeah. scoring when he eventually got back? Uh and then he eventually worked himself into the team, scored three points in eight games, and you're going, here we go. The summer of Keefe, the year Keefe has begun, and then it just never happened.
2: No, it, it never it never did, unfortunately. So that is definitely one that sticks out to me. Slightly worried, or like if you were to go on the worried scale, where are you at? Are you like full cranked, worried about Bellows, or just a little worried? What's my range?
1: Do I have a a number range to deal with here?
2: Yeah, I guess we'll go, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most worried.
1: 8. Wow, okay, so you're very worried about Kiefer Bellows. Right, well, there's no place for him. So is he going to go back to Bridgeport? Does he got to go through waivers? Because he has to. They would lose him in waivers, probably, which is maybe good for him, not good for the Islanders. But, like, there's, there's no room for him. And not making the team would definitely be a shot to his confidence. And as we know, this is a confidence game. So, yeah. Where, where are you at on the 10 then?
2: Uh, Well, it depends on how I was like for this. Are you talking like for this year or his development overall? Whatever
1: parameters you were giving me, I'm throwing them back to you.
2: Okay. I'm not at like I'm at like a, a five, like a oh, start, wow. at, okay. like a get into panic mode. I'm not full blown panic, but I'm like, okay. Like it's the questions are starting to come for me.
1: The questions is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am worried AF for Kiefer Bellows. All right. So uh, well, another one that I would like to bring up
2: uh, is someone who was brought in on a uh, PTO who maybe had a, a chance of making this team, and that's uh, Gustafson, who I know he picked up a couple of assists, uh, both secondary assists, one on, on a power play, but I don't know about you. Uh, he didn't really, like, jump off the page to me in his – appearance
1: I wasn't really much of a fan either like I they're gonna give him a chance right they gave him all the minutes in the world that night mm-hmm. uh in game one they're probably gonna do so again game three but I'm I wasn't a big fan the points he put up fine he put up two helpers two secondary helpers by the way and even then they were credited to Alex Jeffries so he didn't really didn't even do anything um but I'm I i was not sold on his game the Islanders want to see if he's got that sixty-point potential. I, I don't see it specifically in a Barry trot system. Even a forty-point potential, I, I don't see it. Of course, I'm going off one game here, but I, I wasn't a fan of what I saw.
2: Yeah, it's. I'm with you. It, it's. It's uphill. It's an uphill battle for him. I think to even make it as the seventh guy
1: at this point, right. Yeah, I yeah, of course. I think that's the only role that's really open right now is the 7th d Like the, the reason Chara hasn't played yet is because yeah, not only is he 44 years old, but he's going to be on the team.
2: Yeah, no, uh, of course. So um is there I guess I'll ask you that before we go to another one. Is there someone who you think has to be the 7th defenseman?
1: Who has to be the 7th defenseman? Or like based on what
2: you what we've seen so far is there someone who's like the front runner?
1: Oh, there's a prospect that I would like to have as a front runner. And, and I'll get to that, obviously, in the down on the farm section. But I, I think right now the front runner is Eric Gustafson. And even this prospect, I don't think has dislodged him, even though I would like him to.
2: Okay. I think
1: I'm leaning Sebastian Ajo. I didn't like his game the other day. But as it was pointed out to me, he was playing his offside. And that matters, well, that matters, right? Yeah it does. For but I really he looked lost at times with, with Parker Wortherspoon out there, a guy he's played with before. So that was strange to me. But the fact that he was playing on the right side and he's a left shot really kind of screws things up. So, you know, may, maybe you know he needs another try. I'm playing on his actual position, which is on the left side of defense. But um we'll see I was not a fan of his game on that on that, so that first game, and that was game two.
2: Is there anything else negative-wise that jumps out that you think we should hit on? Otto coivola, man.
1: Um, if if I was at an eight for Kiefer Bellows, I'm at a full ten for Otto Kovala. Wow,
2: you're we're off the Otto Coivola bandwagon, it seems.
1: It is. It it really just seems that that first year in Bridgeport, I'm not going to say it was the ceiling, but was maybe deceiving, right? Like maybe he's a really good AHLer. But when it comes to the NHL, at least in the Islander system, he he, he doesn't have it, man. It's, it's not there. Okay. I'm kind of
2: bummed out about that because I thought, you know, based on his game and his size, like I thought he'd be a really good bottom six player for this team. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was what, two years, three years ago now that he had that big year? So it's been a little bit.
1: It has. So he... He needs to go somewhere else. It's not like I don't want him around. It's that he needs to go somewhere that's going to maybe embrace his playing style that the Islanders have not been able to do.
2: Okay. So, I mean, again, something to keep an eye on there, but it it, it stinks. I was was a Koivula fan. I was rooting for him.
1: Yeah. It's nice to see that one year right where you put up, was it 46 points? I'm just trying to bring it up now here. Uh, where are we going? It was 46 points in 69 games for Otto Kovala, and uh, yeah, man, like that that year was great. But nothing really since then.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's been it's been quiet. So uh, yeah, I agree with that one as as a negative,
1: unfortunately. So,
2: but overall, I would say you know mostly positives for us. No,
1: yes, it's mostly positives, and we haven't even got to some of the other positives out there that we're going to try to get to now.
2: Yeah. Let's get to the down on the farm. So what we'll do now is talk about, you know, these prospects and, you know, the, the good, the bad, who's there, all other stuff. I'll let you take it away. Robin Sallow. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh my I was going to say you're, you're all in on him
1: from his, uh, his play so far. I've been all in for a while, but g- give him a spot, give him a spot at the NHL. Right. Meow. And, of course, they won't, and and I get it because they want to roll uh, Andy Green because he serves a purpose. He's he's a good uh, 50-50 puck battler. I put 50 and puck together, and it sounded like I swore. (laughs) Um, Zidane Chara is Zidane Chara. You're not going to say, like, sorry, Charo, we got this Robin Salo kid we want to look at. Thanks again. No. But, my God, what a player. They've got something with Robin Salo and that has been obvious for a while now but i'm glad that everyone is finally able to see what we've been talking about for a while now
2: yeah um i i've liked his game too he got what 18 minutes last night or the other that's night that's right so yeah, game 2
1: is 18 something and game 1 was 19 in a bit
2: yeah and he's getting power play time i like i think he skates with the puck well he's not you know nick Letty's level but that you know that's he's you, so close you think he's so? so close Okay, so, but I, the point that I was gonna make is that uh, he's
1: he's the, like he's close, I think, in in terms of you know where he is in his development. At the very latest, he's an NHL player next year. He could be a Devontae situation where he just does really well at the AHL. An injury unfortunately happens. They call him up, and he just never goes away.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, but like poor Thomas Hickey, he he has not you know returned. Maybe. Who knows? You know, pick one of the lefties. That's you know not Adam Pellic, obviously, but either Chara or Green, and have him come up. Like I'm not, obviously, not rooting for that. But if it happens, I'd feel okay
1: with putting him in there. Let's just say if it happens, they've got a guy that they can probably call that they should. They might not call up that can fill a role and do something at the NHL level. Robin Sallow is. At the cusp of being ready. He's right there. He needs a little bit of seasoning because there's some decision making where you're going, I wouldn't have done that, but you still managed to get out of it. Uh, meanwhile, Barry Trotz lost one of the last few hairs on his head. But uh, no, he, he's so close, man. He's so close.
2: Absolutely. He's jumped out to me,
1: too. So uh, who else? Oturatu. Yeah. Aturatu. Ratu, oh uh, my god! Uh, I, there are 27 teams out there ripping. They're like firing scouts, going, "How did we not draft this kid?"
2: Yeah, I was gonna say. Anytime I open the the Bird app, all, all I see on Twitter is Atu Ratu.
1: Yeah, not Ratty, like they keep saying. I don't understand. Like broadcasts, apparently have done their research and done their their they're looking into things. It's Ratu. There's no questions about it. He confirms it. Just just put the name in Google and Finnish to English translation, and they both come out ratu, ratu. (laughs) It's ratu, guys. Anyways, absolutely electric player, electric. Um, Responsible with the puck at times. He could be a little bit too flashy, but we're talking about an 18-year-old kid here. 18-year-old, already plays North American a game and strong as an ox. Right. Uh,
2: the, he did get in trouble. I don't remember which game it was, but he tried to go between his legs. Was that the second one against Philly? Yeah, it was game two. Yeah, and that that bit him in the butt a little bit. But, like you said, he's he's 18. Make these mistakes now. I, he has no shot at making this roster, but, you know, make these mistakes now. Learn from Barry Trotz. Want to run down the list of just centers they have? Sizikis, Barzal, Nelson, Pajot, veterans, you know, a Parise around. Like, I don't know. I I love that he's here, and I don't know. I think the response has been good so far.
1: Yeah, he did do that one between the legs play, trying to create some space, and it backfired horribly because they went back the other way and scored. But, like, I don't know. I think it was two, maybe three shifts later. He's going up the other end and makes Keith Yandel bite hard on a play, and Yandel goes the other way while Ratu's going the opposite direction with the puck. He basically did L2 left on on the ps4 and 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 it worked on keith yandel who yes maybe not the greatest defender but he's still a nhl defender and he just made him look like he didn't exist and then held off a 200 pound man again like he didn't exist and eventually that led to a goal for the islanders like he's he didn't just learn when not to do things and, and and by being that he didn't learn like I should never do this. It's I need to learn when to use my puck skills, and my God, like lesson learned. Two two shifts later, it's incredible stuff. Wild. You know, fifty second overall. I like, I can't get over it. Yeah, I
2: don't know how he he fell that far, but it looks like it's uh it's a gem for the Islanders. We were all really excited about that on, on draft day and around that time, but you know now getting to see him in action, it's uh. It's really cool. So he's going to go back to you know, Europe, I'd imagine. But how soon can he come over to the AHL?
1: It depends um, on Karpat. So he's going to go back to Finland for the year. He's going to go there for the season and, and play out. Karpat, I'm just looking it up now. I think they're doing pretty well. If, yeah, they're second in the league uh, in terms of points. It's Seven games played, and they've got 15 points. Uh, they, they have three points for wins over there, by the way. Um, do they? I'm pretty sure they do Either way, they're, they're the second place team in the league They're so far doing well So what I'm trying to get to here is that Not only will we have to wait till the end of the regular season But we might have to wait till the end of the playoffs To even catch a glimpse of Aturatu, uh In North America But guaranteed If the Bridgeport season is still going And the and Carpot season is done He's coming, he's coming, guaranteed That's a good sign I like that. Right. He's signed to a contract. We don't have to worry about that negotiation. So like it's going to be come over right away and he wants to be here. He definitely wants to be here.
2: So almost like Ilya Sorokin after his KHL season ended and he came over to to burn
1: that year. Yeah. Except he'll be able to play probably. Obviously, it depends on timing and we don't know the timing of when these things are going to happen, but it, it could very well be that he might be in the AHL at the end of the year this year, depending so far, Carpat is doing well, so maybe not. But if things fall well, he might.
2: Okay. Well, I, I love the sound of that. I would love to get him over to North America ASAP.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there's a few more prospects play. We haven't seen, like I said, Colin Adams. We haven't seen Arnaud Durandot just yet. Uh, I would expect maybe we see them in the next game. But uh, I know cuts are coming, so we'll, we'll see about that. But the Islanders are clearly interested in Robin Sallow. They love what they see from Atoratu, and and that's exactly what you want to hear because those are the two guys that I had going into camp that I was really looking forward to seeing what what the Islanders would think of them.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and haven't you know you know if you haven't seen enough of them yet, there's no way to really
1: tell where they're at. Exactly. Um, there, there's two more things on down on the farm. Obviously, the big news for the Islanders and prospects is Bodie Wild is bye bye uh, ish. He's gone to the. Uh, Hockey Alsenskons League, so that's the second tier of Finnish hockey. Or sorry, Finnish Swedish hockey to play with Vasterviks, uh, who's a okay side, you know, top five side last year, made it to the semifinals of the guns playoffs. He's gonna play, I would assume, regular minutes. I'm still waiting to hear from the team in terms of where they plan on playing him, but uh he's only their third righty. They only had two before that, so I would imagine he plays regularly. Yeah, I would
2: think so. Um yeah. I don't like hearing that it's a, a second, you know, their second league over there or their second tier, whatever you called it.
1: Yeah, they're the second tier. It, it is what it is. He wasn't going to think of it as NHL, AHL. And I don't like that comparison just because there's the ability to move up from from the Alton to the SHL. But think of it that way. He's an AHL player. So it's kind of. Lateral, if you want to look at it that way, even though it's not actually lateral, the AHL is much better than the hockey allison in Scotland, so It's not even close, uh, but he's at least going to a decent league, and I would expect that he does well there. He's going to have a ton of ice to play with, and yep. someone who can skate like he can, look out, should be.
2: Yeah, so I hope I hope he gets you know regular time because, um, well, I, I he it was supposed to be a big year for him. He, he the last two years there's been. Uh, Injuries And with COVID, he hasn't had a ton of playing time. So
1: uh, I I just hope he gets his ice time. That's all. That's right. And the last update here is on Russian Ishikov or Ishikov. I keep adding the K and I'm not supposed to. Uh, He's still not skating yet. So as you know, he's injured. He picked up a foot injury. Fred Lermanheim is going to be out four weeks. Uh, He might start skating soon, but he's still rehabbing the injury, working out and all everything. He's doing well. Uh, But just still rehabbing that injury. So he's not going to be on the ice quite just yet. Gotcha.
2: Okay. Well, good to know. We'll keep tabs on that as it goes along.
1: So that was it for down on the farm. Shall we get to the quiz? Let's do it. So as you know, there's a quiz every week, and you have a mystery New York Islander to guess. Matt, I really don't think you're going to guess this guy. Um, I didn't have a player to pick, so I went randomly on the Wikipedia page, and I just picked someone. And I had never heard of this guy's name before, ever. And I was surprised to find out the number of games that he had played for the Islanders. So if you don't get him, don't feel bad at all. Okay, all right. So are you ready, Matt? You've got five clues that get progressively easier as we go. Sure, let's do it. Clue one, I have a bachelor's degree in economics. Next. Two, I scored my first career NHL goal against the Rangers. Next. Three. Of my 71 career NHL points from the back end, 50 come with the Islanders.
2: So some of the 50 points, he's played somewhere else, so... I don't have anyone coming to mind yet. All right, let's keep it rolling. Four.
1: Four. Alex Ovechkin... Uh, sorry. An Alex Ovechkin slap shot broke my jaw. I was an Islander player when this happened.
2: I feel like I should know this.
1: I know, right? (laughs) The same way. I feel the same way. I don't know. My name is Jack, and I'm probably on a hill in somewhere. Jack Hillen? Yes.
2: Does that name ring a bell to you at all? Not at all,
1: no. (laughs) Me neither. I'm sorry, Jack Hillen, but I don't remember your 175 games with the Islanders through 2007 to 2011. Wow. I don't remember them at all. Whatsoever.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at it, in that Like, you, know, you played a decent chunk, man. 40 games in 0809, 69 in 910, then 64 in 10-11. Like, I know those were some pretty bad
1: Islanders teams, but yeah, that, that name does not ring a bell at all right and still playing like 20 minutes 42 seconds in 9 10 in 11 10 like those are substantial minutes and it's just nope no registry of that whatsoever um wow. on, on the slap shot thing it wasn't the, the only time that alex ovechkin injured him as a member of the washington capitals alex ovechkin they they, they collided center ice and he dropped cold running into the brick house known as Alex Ovechkin
2: yeah I mean he no no harm in that with running into a guy like Ovechkin that he's built
1: like a brick house it's unbelievable absolutely so yeah that Jack Hillen sorry Jack I do not remember you my bad no yeah that 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 escaped me put that
2: one on Islanders you've forgotten about in the last 20 years so yeah Uh, let's
1: get to the social segment bounce around on what's going around on Isles Twitter what do you got this week, Mitch? First one comes from Lexi Panagatos. Uh Just got flipped off by a Rangers fan because I'm wearing an Isles shirt. I missed hockey season. <laughs> we are all the way back.
2: I love it. That's great. Uh, what do you my, got? My first one is from Nicole Revive. She says, a message to my Isles family. Keep your voices loud and proud. Thank you, Islanders. We will meet again. And then she shares like a little message. I'm not going to read her whole quote under that, but – uh, she will not be returning to the Islanders, which that 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 bums me out. She, I thought she was a great anthem singer. I know she's you know moving on and looking to do uh, different things, but man, those were some big moments, especially in the last playoff run with some of those anthems. So,
1: and I know big some loss. of the anthems is like, well, she let the the fans sing, but like as a singer, you got to know the moment where you're like, okay, I am playing second fiddle to the crowd instead of just like trying to power through them type thing as a performer, you need to know when you need to interact with the audience. And she clearly knew when to, and when, you know, she needed to do her thing. Uh, so yeah, it's, I'm going to, she's going to suck not having around, but I'm sure they'll find someone who can fill that void. Absolutely. Just wanted to give her some love because she did, did a really good job. Absolutely. My second one here comes from Ashley at Hey Ash 89. Um, I realized I didn't, I didn't put uh, Alexi's uh, Twitter handle. It's Ella Penagottis, um there. But anyways, uh, Ashley says, I'd regret it if I didn't get this made. And it's a picture of, it's a t-shirt with Butch Goring on it. Oh. But Butch has got his, <laughs> he looks, at least it's one of his um, Butch moments or whatever it was. Okay. Uh, and he, so he's got the, the Jofa bucket on and then he's got a GoPro on top of that. And it's just ridiculous. It looks so <laughs> ridiculous. And anyone who isn't an Island fan would see Ashley wear this and go like, who? Why would you get that shirt? But anyone else who's an Islanders fan would be like, yes, Butchie is the bomb.
2: Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Um, I would wear that shirt in a second.
1: <laughs> right? It's just a picture of that. It's absolutely
2: hilarious. Love it. Uh, my last one is a quote from the spit and Chicklets podcast. Robin Leonard went on this past week and, uh, this quote made the rounds, but it, it's a good one to talk about. He said the big one that jumps out and they shared a full clip on their social media. If you want to go see the whole clip of his, him saying this, but long Island fans really saved my life was the quote. And that just, I don't know. That really sunk in that. That was
1: awesome to hear. Yeah. Right. Well, I think he, he, he did say, and this would be just catching a few tweets about it. Um, that there's only one place tattooed on on his body, and it's not Buffalo, it's not Ottawa, it's not Vegas, it's not Chicago, it's Long Island, uh, and that alone tells you how important Long Island was to Robin Leonard.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, it went. I think it goes both ways. You know, he had a big impact on Islander fans too. So I I said in the piece I wrote, he's by far my favorite Islander who only played one year with the team.
1: Oh, I, I think that that's without question. I don't think anyone could say otherwise. Rob, well, what was it? I forget who tweeted out, so I'm really sorry that I don't remember, but Robin Leonard had a bigger cultural impact on the Islanders in one year than John Tavares had in nine. Easily. Right, like and without question. Uh, so that, that that alone tells you how impactful his presence was on the Island. And I know he said, like, I can't wait for the Long Island return. And He tweeted a picture of when the along long unfaithful welcome John Tavares back and welcome is putting it nicely uh it's it's going to be a welcoming when Robin Leonard comes back yeah it's going to be a welcoming for sure
2: yeah I can't I can't wait for that it's going to be awesome and uh hope they do a little you know video tribute so we can give him a
1: little extra time of appreciation because it's uh it's deserved for sure it's absolutely well deserved for sure uh, my last one here comes from Everyday Isles, and it's not necessarily about about what they tweeted, although it kind of is, uh, saying that everyone who knows who they are because they do fantastic work. How many cups did the Isles win in a row? And it's a picture of RMR holding his four fingers up wearing a Matt Barzell jersey. And I, I bring this up because I had not heard or knew who RMR was. And when I saw the picture, I was going, cool, they're wearing an Islander's jersey. Uh but they've got a ski mask on with a cross on it. And I was going, what kind of music? It's, it's obviously, it's a performing artist. What kind of music is this? And I was skeptical to look it up because I was going, oh, maybe I'm not going to like this. The ski mask is really throwing me. This is going to be some really hard stuff that I might not be down with. I loved it. It was fantastic. I loved every song I listened to. The first was like this weird kind of ballad thing. Fantastic. Absolutely loved everything that this guy produces. Love it. I, I became a fan because of the Islander jersey. Yeah,
2: I saw that. That was from uh, Govball, which um, is a big you know music event that happens in New York City. I think they did it at Citi Field this year. Um, I, I saw another picture. I don't know if it's the same one where he was with uh, Orville Peck was In the picture, too, he's wearing was in the picture that uh was shared from who was it, Isles Daily, you said, or Everyday Isles,
1: so Everyday Isles. That. The one I'm looking at is just RMR with the four fingers oh, up. Okay. I, I did not, is this the other one with like the long hair going across his face and the kind of a black mask on the person? Yeah,
2: that's Orville Peck. He's oh, kind I don't of know who that person is. Yeah, he's like uh, like an indie crooner, almost country kind of guy, too. I i i knew, I knew him. Like I, I listened to him a little bit, um, but when I saw the the guy of RMR in the Matt Barzell jersey, originally the first one I saw was them two together. I'm like, oh, Orville Peck. I'm like, wait, that's a Matt Barzell jersey. I got to look at this guy. And I listened to a few songs. Pretty good. Uh, but that's funny with the, the one holding up the four. How many did the Islanders win? Four.
1: Yeah. Good job, Every I i picking up that one there.
2: Love it. So let's get some plugs in before we go. Wherever you are listening to the show. Please make sure to give a subscribe a rating review. Really helps us out a lot. We appreciate the love and support from each and every one of you. You can follow along with us on social media at eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. My Twitter is Meadow O'Leary N Y. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, Facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can download the fan sided app. Get us there. Visit the website, eyesoniles.com. And of course, check out the Patreon. Seasons coming very soon. Get yourself post game shows after every single game for five bucks a month you got a weekly mailbag show over the summer you get a deep dive on topics twice a week there's a discord
1: channel there's a whole lot cooking over there right mitch yeah i, I see the discord channel popping off you probably heard it during the the show a little bloop bloop uh i, I muted it halfway sorry everyone on the discord uh oh the fishermen. they're talking about the fisherman jersey mm. i'm gonna get get into that when this is done
2: There you go. That's going to do it for us on episode 215. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. Here is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea